Hello. Hello. How you doing? I am good. How are you? Oh, ready to start this nonsense. Oh, God. Warning. The following podcast is a recap of a movie you have never even heard of, let alone seen. Consequently, the entire conversation is spoilerific. We here at Pain and Green Peppers, at least the same among us, encourage you to avoid watching any movie we discuss at all costs. It is not worth the damage it will do to your soul. Just sit back and be amused at Shane's anger and outrage. Thank you. And now, a word from our sponsors. Well, I speak loud! And I carry a bigger stick! And I use a glue! Yes, that's the philosophy behind the newest product from Aiden Height Industries, the Commie Club. That's right, the Commie Club, the club what clubs commies. Grab the Commie Club and head down to your nearest MAGA rally and make sure those commies don't disrupt your festivities. Take it to the local Antifa riot and do the job the police refuse to do. It's a club, plain and simple, small on one end, heavy on the other. Use it to whack commies, social justice warriors, hippies, snowflakes, and any other person that gets in your way or disturbs you. Give them a thump for Trump with the new Aiden Height Commie Club. But to be fair and equal, we also make a version for the social justice warriors. That's right, the fascist fighter is available from Aiden Height Industries. But it's not a club. It's a bright pink foam pool noodle because hippies don't believe in violence. Order your commie club or your fascist fighter from Aiden Height Industries for just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Or come see us down at the factory just off Highway 66 on the Frontage Road. Hey everybody, Shane from the Peyton Green Peppers podcast here. Uh, just wanted to let you know that last night when we were recording this episode, there was a technical glitch, we lost connection, and I thought that we had lost the audio that we had previously recorded, so we started all over again. Uh, I was actually able to, to recover the first part of the audio, and there's actually some pretty funny stuff in that, so I have decided that uh, I'm going to just put this in there. There's no way to edit it in together so it makes it sound like we're you know, making any sense whatsoever. So basically what's going to happen is you're going to have um, five, ten minutes of the beginning of the episode, and then it's just going to stop, and I'll come back in and I'll tell you, okay, now here's the full episode, and it's going to start all over again. Um, but it's just one of these things that happens, and I just wanted to make the best of the situation. I didn't want to lose... Uh, some of the funny that was going on there. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode, and uh, thanks again for supporting us in whatever way you're doing it. And I hope that you will spread the word. Please share on Facebook or Instagram or whatever you guys are doing on your socialized media. And uh, then you know maybe we can get more than a couple downloads a month. And you know, it's just sort of for fun for us. But I appreciate everybody who listened to this, and uh, take care. Thanks a lot, guys. everybody, this is the Payton Green Peppers Movie Review Podcast. I am Shane Aiden, and with me as always is my buddy and longtime nemesis, 
<laughs> Mr. Patrick Heights. Yes, indeed. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we are here to review bad movies so that you don't ever have to worry about watching them. But if you want to, so, hey, it's a treat. You know, hey, that's what we're here yeah, for. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a treat, you know. Yeah, so is a cyanide lace pill. It's a treat, you know. It's a treat once. One and done. And one time it can be a treat. Why not? <laughs> oh. oh, my goodness. Uh, you love this film. I already yeah. know that, so I'm not going to ask you if you love this film because I know you love this film. I know. Oh, this film. I've got issues with this film, man. I've got lots of issues with this film. <laughs> they are. They are. Polybagged and cardboard, bo- you know, cardboard backed and filed away in boxes and boxes. That's how many issues I got with this film. So you know, oh exactly my god, to find them if you need to. That's good. That's a good thing. Organization. Oh, <laughs> it's a mess. Oh. Uh, so anyway, uh, what uh, what horrible cinematic uh, freakazoid show did we have to uh, endure this week, my friend? Well, we watched the classic luchador uh, monster fest, Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters. It's all right there in the name, self-explanatory. You know exactly what you're getting when you go into this, this little adventure, if you will. Yeah, assuming you know what a luchador is, and you and like five other Americans might, and assuming you know who Santo or Blue Demon is, and outside of me, you and Vince, I'm not sure who does. <laughs> That's fair. That's a fair statement. Uh, for those that don't maybe, know, maybe maybe the maybe your own child who you abused and and and, and tortured through his chi- you know youth and and warped his view of reality. Maybe he knows who these people are. But yeah, you're right. He does. He does. In a yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> that's all I can say. I'm speechless. You're right. You nailed it. Yeah, the poor guy. All right. So, so but, uh, well, what is a luchador? Okay, a luchador is a Mexican wrestler. Not always masked, but in this uh, situation, they are wearing masks, which is very uh, common for the culture. You know, uh, the the luchador or Mexican wrestler, if you will, will don a disguise, a character, and uh, they will go into the ring and uh, play that character. And in this situation, we're talking about... Is that because they're ugly? Some of them are. I'm quite sure of it. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen some of these guys without their masks. Put it back on. Yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I'm saying. Sure, sure. So, yeah, you know, in Uh, this situation, we're dealing with Santo and Blue Demon, two of the great classic luchadors uh, from the past. Uh, Yeah, you know... um, so, uh, and, and as and uh, and as I'll uh, explain to the uh, normals out there, sure. Um, because I was, you know, held captive by this fool and made to watch these things as a youth. Um, <laughs> the uh, the luchador, yes, it's the masked Mexican wrestlers, and in the '60s, apparently, at the height of uh, masked Mexican wrestling, uh, they started making movies, much like Elvis did except not as good of acting as Elvis did. And so they would just take these people and slap them into the most ridiculous, uh, you know, not even plots. They're not even plots. Just like, uh, give me a sentence. There's monsters. Cool, let's make a movie. And they would make these movies with absolutely no basis in anything. And it was really just an excuse to have uh, 
these uh, you know towering uh, massive athletes <clears throat> display their physical prowess and uh, their uh, Oscar-worthy acting chops and uh, intersplice it with some of the uh, worst professional wrestling I have ever seen outside of a high school gymnasium at some local promo fundraiser trying to make money uh, for the band or some nonsense. And you got the, the hobo down the street and you, you know, put him up against the big farm boy who just wants to beat somebody up for a, a, a chicken wing. I think and, I was at that show. So is, that was a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, for you, for you norms out there, that's what the, that's what the Mexican wrestling movie craze was. And, uh, Apparently that that it was quite popular, and uh, uh, Santo, as my friend will assume you know and assume incorrectly, uh, was the most popular masked Mexican wrestler of all time. Uh, Santo, meaning saint, even though in a lot of these movies his name is translated into Samson in the horrible English overdub. True, that is true. Uh, yeah. All right, have I missed anything? Uh, you're pretty much right on track, my friend. Yes, yeah, Samson okay. and uh, the English overdubs. That's exactly right. Uh, produced over here, stateside by Mr. K. Gordon Murray. Shout out to K. Um, I think he's dead, but anyway, you go, K. Yeah, shout louder. Shout, shout louder. Maybe he'll hear. <laughs> shout louder. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. We're bringing those treats. Up. Shout, shout toward. Shout toward the ground. If if uh, you know uh, if he got any justice for bringing these movies to America. Uh, <laughs> I'm quite sure he did not. I don't. Yeah. Okay. I don't think so. Oh. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> well, let's. I want you to walk us through this, but before sure. you start walking us through this, there's just one observation I made from literally the very first frame. And what what would that be? I'm I'm curious. Well, the opening the opening title sequence, yeah. not not the title sequence, but just the opening score. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, normally when you have in in, in you know quality movies, <clears throat> American movies, um, they will have you know a picture of the Earth turning, or they'll have the picture of the mountain, or they'll have the Lady Liberty, and they'll, or they'll have the 20th Century Fox logo. Sure. And you hear, dun, da, 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 da. yeah. But this was I'm not sure what it was supposed to have been. It looked like some sort of building. But what I did notice was this. It was yes. 85% of the notes in the exact order of the 20th Century Fox theme. Really? It, just, it was, a, oh my gosh. Go back and listen to it. Not listeners. Listeners, yeah. avoid this. Avoid this. If someone tries to make you listen to it, take a, a knitting needle and shove it in your eardrum. Just don't do it. Follow, follow up with your eyes so you don't accidentally watch it. Just, well, you know. This man is not uh, a medical professional. Do not take his advice, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mental health professional. It's better for you. Well, there you go. He's probably got a point there. Yeah. yeah. yeah so point. you're saying the song I stuck it in my ear. <laughs> saying the song was a bit of a ripoff. Is that what you're trying to say? Oh, my. It, it was, it could you know, have been short. Short of the uh, Yeti theme that was Oh, oh Fortuna, uh, this was the bl most blatant ripoff I've heard in a long time. Wow, it was it was so so close, like 
as if they went and found a lawyer, you know, and said, how many notes do we have to change to not be sued? And that's the exact <laughs> amount of notes they changed. <laughs> well, I know that probably didn't happen. The reason being is this is Mexico and they don't care about copyrights. So I'm quite sure it was just merely, uh, you know, they say uh, imitation is the, uh, what, the biggest form of flattery, right? So it's, uh, they were fans of the song. So they used it, basically. I mean, you know. uh or, or they have, or or they had as much talent in writing the score to this film as they did writing the script, and they're just like, ah, let's just steal it. <laughs> See, this you're already selling this picture to hundreds of listeners, and they and we haven't even got past the theme song yet. Hundred, dude, I, who who listens to this besides you and me? Um, Occasionally, me. I'm an optimist. Yeah, exactly. First of all. Yeah. You're an optimist. You're an optimist. <laughs> I am optimistic that there will be hundreds of listeners. It's our Halloween episode. I mean, there there has to be. I'm just saying. Right, and we and we chose this we chose this particular film uh, in celebration of Halloween. Yes. And uh, uh, truth be told, truth be told, every one of the films that we have ever reviewed in this season or last season. Uh, of Peyton Green Peppers, first season, which is available on YouTube. Just look up uh, Peyton Green Peppers on YouTube. And I'm still trying to figure out a way to transcribe these into uh, the Anchor app so we can get these on uh, iTunes. But uh, uh, Patrick has chosen every movie, and he did, in fact, choose this particular movie. But it was, sadly, my suggestion that because we are in October and Halloween is uh, this coming up weekend, that we should try to do something that involves masks. I thought that'd be clever. Masks, Halloween. And we'll do Mexican wrestling. I've watched those plenty of these movies with this fool. And here we are yet again, and I'm just as happy about it as I was 30 years ago. Well, mission accomplished. <laughs> well played, my friend. Well yeah, played. if you recall, I think I tried to punch you a few times the last time we watched these things. I'm quite sure of it, yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What so, well, walk us through this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this hot garbage. There you go. Masterpiece on the, uh, on the podcast. I think that's acceptable. Well, first of all, sure. since you mentioned the theme song, we also, the introduction to the film, uh, we basically get to see the main characters in the introduction, don't we? I mean, we get to see... Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a weird version of Gilligan's Island where they're just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. showing everybody and telling their name. Yeah, it really. Vampiro, the vampire. Yeah. El hombre lobo, the wolfman, Frank Queen Stan or some whatever it was. It was some weird spelling for Frankenstein. <laughs> El Ciclope. And then they, you know, the the the, the it was backlit. So again, the running theme with almost every movie we've ever watched is no one knows how to turn a, 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 a freaking light. Yeah. No one knows how to put the light in front of people or or have enough light we actually see. And so they had everybody, you know, standing on top of a hill, but the sun was behind them and they made it they took a filter across the camera to make it look dark and creepy. And all it made it do, all it made it look was, you know, fuzzy and incoherent. Yeah. And, you know, the, the light was behind them. So you couldn't see any of the features of anyone. 
And, you know, but it was okay. I'll say it was kind of fun. Like, okay. Yeah. We're going to have, here's all the monsters we're going to have. We're going to have a vampire. We're going to have a wolf man. We're going to have a mummy. We're going to have a cyclops. We're going to have Frankenstein. We're going to have vampire woman. Um, yeah. What else do we have? Do we have anything? Um, we had other monsters. Did you get the mummy? The, title. the mummy there. I, I got the mummy. Okay, you got the mummy. Yeah. Okay, I think got you the may mummy. Have, may have got yeah. everyone, perhaps. But there were other monsters in here that weren't in, weren't part of the title sequence. Exactly. Really yeah. Side character. But we'll get to them in a minute. Right. But this oh, movie, we'll get to yeah, them. this movie does unfortunately suffer from lighting uh, problems throughout the whole picture, and we'll get into that a little more later. But it's it's that's one of the I'd say that's a thumbs down. If I were giving it a grade for lighting, not as a whole, of course, obviously, I'm not going to say that, but for lighting, <laughs> thumbs down, you know. But uh, and if you recall, you know, oh, dude, dude, let me just let me just ask you a question. Sure. You, you you obviously have no taste. Have you been tested for COVID? That's one of the <laughs> <laughs> oh, now that was a good one. That's why this guy <laughs> is my partner. He's got the jokes. <laughs> In the reg- regular slide. I got regrets. Guys. That's what I got. I got regrets that I knew you from so long ago. <laughs> oh my goodness. Regrets and psychological issues. That's I'm what glad I've got. Contribute something. I, that's you know. You know, well, you know, this intro, you mentioned how fun it was. Um, If you recall that this intro, looking at this and thinking about the intro uh, to our film, The Adventures of Underlay Gigante, when it was finally edited uh, multiple years, many years later, I should say, the introduction is is modeled after this introduction. If you think about it, you've got all of the main villains. A shot of them, their name underneath. You'll have to go back and watch it. Uh, it's yeah, it's an homage to this masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm going to say if there's anything you need to avoid more than the films that we review, it's the films that we made. I'm just gonna put that out there. <laughs> Way to sell it for yeah. Let, let me let me put let me let me put in the list of things on, on, on the order in which to avoid them. <laughs> movies we made, that's the first thing you need to avoid. The movies we review, COVID-19, cancer. These are the things you need to avoid in the order you need to avoid them. <laughs> wow, that makes me feel important. Now that's good. So what happens after this amazing title sequence? Okay, well, of course, as soon as that's over, we uh, cut to a wrestling match featuring some uh, wrestling women or uh, luchadoras, as they are uh, called in, in Mexico. And we get to watch this right. uh, and this this battle between these two women, right? Four. Four women. Oh, four women. That's right. It is. It's a tag team situation. And Santa- There's a tag team something. Yeah, <laughs> and Santo is watching from the side with, and yeah. and of course you know, when you have a mask that covers ninety eight percent of your face, and the only thing you see is the tip of your little fat nose, your squiggly little eyes, and your fat lips protruding at the squeezing of your mask, you know, you don't have a whole lot of facial expressions to play with. True. So the fact that he's just standing there, twitching his head back and forth ever so slightly doesn't help it's just what is what's going through your mind why do you care what's going on 
Um, but, but what I found interesting was that we were sadly uh, treated to the uh, commentary. And Jim Ross, this guy was, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what in the world? And that's where everything fell apart. We lost the signal. I thought we lost the recording. Obviously, I didn't. You just heard what I thought we lost. And so we re-recorded the entire thing. And here it is for your listening pleasure. Thanks, guys. Hey, everybody. This is the Paid in Green Peppers Movie Review Podcast. My name is Shane Aiden, and with me is my longtime buddy and nemesis. Mr. Patrick Heights. How you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you doing? Fantabulous. That's a word I checked. Sure, sure it is. Sure it is. I'm sure it is. And uh, we are here to review movies so that you don't have to watch these horrible things that they have tried to pass off as cinematic masterpieces. And uh, this week we are reviewing what movie? Uh, this week's classic is Santo and Blue Demon versus the Monsters, starring everyone's favorite luchador uh, team, Santo and Blue Demon, of course. Well, what else do we have to say? Well, thanks a lot, everybody. This is Peyton Green Peppers. We will be back next month with the No? Fine. Ah, all right. What's a luchador, and who are these people, and why should we care? Well, a luchador, for those of you that are unschooled in that area, are, uh, it's, it's a Mexican wrestler is what it is, and uh, not all of them wear masks, per se, but many of them currently today, and including back in the day, would would don these characters, these masks, these secret identities, and they would fight in the ring as this character. And most of them uh, would uh, continue to wear the masks even outside of the ring so that people would not know their actual identity. It added to the mystique. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because if you don't know who you are in the ring, you know, wearing the mask outside the ring is going to help conceal who you are. No, it makes you stick out. What is the ah, oh, already? Okay, I, I, it's already I am, starting. It's already starting. You know, oh, I don't know anybody who know who I am. I will wear a mask. Oh, I'll go outside. Now, no one's seen my face since I always wear a mask. I should probably wear a mask to draw attention to myself. This is the logic I'm dealing with here. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. I never really thought about it from that perspective. Uh, yeah, you're kind of a sitting duck if you're wearing the mask outside of the ring, right? Right, right. Of course, now yeah. everybody wears masks, so I really don't know what I'm complaining about. Oh, <laughs> good point. So, yeah, yeah, these luchadors, this particular pair, uh, were very famous uh, back in the day. And even today, even though they have passed away, uh, they're still, well, they're icons, if you will, of the genre. So this is one of their sure. classic classic films you know they're fighting monsters and uh it's a perfect halloween film right and you know it's and it's additional background just to make sure everybody understands uh mexican wrestling very popular in mexico and they started uh much like much for the same reason that they started making movies with elvis uh they started making movies with these people and they would play superhero slash detective slash whatever and this is supposed to be them in real life. And and the movie, uh, I, I compared them to an Elvis movie. If only they reached the level of acting that Elvis movies reached. So. <laughs> yes. Oh, my. Well, yeah. 
Okay, yeah. that's fair. Yes, it's fair. <laughs> but before we go, before we get further, and uh, you know, hopefully this one will take. But uh, just for the just for the folks at home, uh, this is the second time that we've actually tried to do this. We got a little we got a little further into this than than we are right now. Last time before the whole thing shut down, we started all over again. And you know, I was witty and and funny, and my my comrade was an idiot, and uh, you missed it. And so here yeah. we are again. Yes. Yes, well, you, you did. The gold. I, I missed the gold, but I tried to recapture some of it by admitting that once again, uh, while my buddy has, Patrick has picked out every movie that we have ever reviewed here on the Peyton Green Peppers podcast, season one and two, look for season one back on YouTube until I can find, find a way to transfer this to uh, – the uh, Anchor app, and if anyone is technologically uh, inclined, uh, let me know. Let me know how to do this. And uh, But I suggested that since this is October and Halloween's coming up, that we should do something that involves masks, you know, masks as disguises Halloween. And uh, I suggested that we do the Mexican wrestling movie that this man tortured me with in our youth. And uh, I'm regretting that decision to watch a movie instead of just skipping the month altogether. But yet here we are. Uh, <laughs> here we are. Here we are. In the flesh or audio. And, you know. and in the opening, the, and before again, we, we jump into all this, uh, you know, as I pointed out the last time, and of course you people missed it because this doesn't exist anymore. It's out in the ether, missing, missing in the ages, and, you know, it's just it's gone, but it was great. But I just pointed out that 85% of the music for the opening theme for whatever movie company that, that made this th- movie uh, it's the 20th century Fox theme uh, 85% I mean it's uh, it's as if they decided to get as close as they could possibly be to this theme without being sued and I know that copyrights mean very little in Mexico but you know when you're ripping off 20th century Fox they may go after you that blatantly I'm not sure true this is true uh I look at it more as a uh, an homage to to the to that particular company, uh, you know, than than a ripoff. You know, it's an homage. Right. I think it's an homage. Yeah, yeah. this is the same guy who's I'm yeah. sure using all sorts of uh, copyrighted music for his videos. Kakaida Libre, everyone. Anyway, uh... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm an open book. I'm an open book here. <laughs> You're an open book. You're an open book. No, they got some books open for you at the IRS there, pal. Anyway. <laughs> I don't ever hang out with Iris. I don't uh, I don't talk to her much. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah. <laughs> What's that knock on the door? FBI? I have no idea why you're here, folks. <laughs> exactly. Are you, are you sure you didn't run a video store in Dongola that got shut down under mysterious circumstances? <laughs> oh, I was far too young to do that, uh, you know. <laughs> it wasn't me yet. <laughs> Other people. Oh. So this movie starts out, and tell us about the tell us about the titles, the, the opening titles, not not the theme music, but the opening titles. Tell us about that, the, my friend. The opening titles are what I would uh, I would pretty much call them cinematic magic because you got. <laughs> Yeah, because it, it disappeared. You couldn't see it. <laughs> well, the titles are good and bad, and I'm going to explain why. Because 
in this particular opening sequence, we get to see the main characters, including uh, El Santo and Blue Demon, as well as all of the monsters, well, most of the monsters in the film that they come in contact with. Now, the problem with this introduction, uh, Shane, which uh, I know you have a, an issue with this, uh, is the lighting, correct? Uh, well, I wouldn't have an issue with the lighting if the lighting existed. That that is that is the running theme of like every movie we've watched except for one that I can think of at the top of my head. Every movie that we have had has just had horrible, horrible lighting. And this is no exception. They 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 have everybody standing on top of a hill, the camera's pointing up at the characters, uh, but the sun's behind them. And they've got a filter on the camera, so to make it look spooky and dark and terrifying, but it just looks like you have glaucoma. And so you can't see anything of yeah. what's going on. And the other thing about it, this is like some sort of satanic Gilligan's Island intro, because you're just playing the music, and they'll have somebody come up and stand on the hill, and they'll have their name, El Santo, you know, Blue Demon. And the Wolfman, and, and this is all in, in Spanish, so it's, uh, you know, El Hombre Lobo, Frankenstein, and uh, El Vampiro. Uh, what is, uh, 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 I'm trying to think La what the, uh, the, the La Mumia, yeah, uh, El Cyclope, the Cyclops, but I can't remember what the vampire woman was. Uh, oh, um, whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. It was, uh, yeah. oh, it's a... Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Generally speaking, it would be El Mujer Vampiro. So that's probably yeah. what I did, but I didn't write that down. So yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know either. But but the thing is, is that for all of the introduction, you know, and they have uh, you know slightly altered music and sound. So when you see the vampire, you hear the your traditional bat squeaks. Yeah, the same bat squeaks they used on Gilligan's Island when the giant bat was flying around. Um, yeah, and so good. And when they did have the uh, the love interest, the music changed entirely to like you know a light little motif. Uh, but yeah, so it's just I I gotta say that the the opening titles okay they were kind of neat simply because they were reminiscent of a of a sixties sitcom. Where he's had pictures of the person and their name, you know, so you wouldn't get confused in your drug addict. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it, I think. Yeah. Right. So that. But then but they, didn't, they didn't. They didn't list all the monsters. There's more monsters that we get, but we don't. We don't. You know, get them all in the opening right. title sequences. That's oh. true. I mean, uh, <clears throat> there was one particular monster in this film. I'll go ahead and mention him because he really. He's nothing more than scenery, really. He stands around and, you know, whatever. He's, uh, he's sort of a little saucer man uh, ripoff from the invasion of the saucer man. He actually appeared along with another character from this film, the Cyclops, back in 1960, 10 years before this film was made, in a Mexican film called The Ship of Monsters. So those two suits were rehabbed for this film. But, uh, yeah, he has no real part in the movie except standing around. Yeah, I was I was going to get to that. Uh, you know, it's like there's just this weird little dude with a big brain, looks sort of like an alien just standing there. He didn't do anything. He was in like nah. four scenes and he was gone. 
yeah, and, the, and um, the Cyclope, the Cyclops, you know, is actually in the movie more than anybody. You think with Wolfman, Frankenstein, vampires, you think they go with the you know the more well known. But it seems like, and this is you know getting ahead of ourselves, but it seems like the Cyclops got ninety percent of the action. I'm wondering if it was the producer. I I don't know. Maybe <laughs> stranger things have happened. I don't know. Oh Maybe yeah. that dude was in almost every other scene. At least you know he's a. Of course, Constant. a lot of the scenes were the same scene over and over again of him standing there growling with his eye twitching back and forth. But uh, right, well, yeah, know. but, but well, his oh, mouth okay. would move and his eye would twitch only in the close up. Never when he would actually right. see the whole body. Exactly. Yeah. See how they pull that off. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost as if in the suit it was a giant mask that they had no ability to move or manipulate whatsoever, and that you only used a puppet for the you know close-up shots. I don't know how that could have happened. Yeah, that couldn't possibly be the answer. No, you're 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 really grasping at straws, my friend. Yeah, I must have missed something. Sadly, I, I didn't yeah. miss the rest of this movie. Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, uh, this film starts off. <clears throat> Excuse oh, me. Oh, action packed. It starts off all right. Woo, uh, hang on to your seats. It's it is boy, it, it is crazy. Wow, the yeah. action. I mean, oh my god. It's it's like the end sequence of uh Avengers uh Endgame. It's the uh, it, no, no, it was it was four overweight women in masks slapping each other around. While our hero El Santo stands around in a suit watching. Yeah. Right in the back, uh, he, he, you know, and so well, he's trying to stay incognito, so no one knows who he is. I'm sure. Right, and again, we talk about this. These people wear a mask in the ring to protect their identity. So, of course, when that side of the ring to protect their identity, they wear a mask because that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I noticed no, no. in all the Spider-Man movies and stuff, he walks around in the Spider-Man costume. And he's like, oh, well, I don't want to be recognized as Spider-Man. I'm ready to just take off the costume, leave the mask on. No one will take a guess who I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you've, got, you've got this wrestling match going on, and I, I guess that the – well, there's two, two wrestling matches in a row. The first one is a tag team sure. of, of four women, and you see Santo twitching his head back and forth. The man's wearing a mask that covers 98% of his face. All you see is the you know, tip of his pudgy little nose, his lips that are being squeezed out of a hole way too tight for, him, for them, and his beady little eyes. That's all you see. So any subtleties he may have had as far as his take on the action is uh, lost. Lost, I tell you. Well, well uh, that's where his body acting comes into play, don't you think? There wasn't the body, body acting. He was standing there. <laughs> And, and worse than having worse than having to watch the match is having to hear the color commentary by Mexican Jim Ross. It was True. sad. Um, what I what I really liked was the uh, subtitles. Now, I don't know a lot of Spanish. I know a few words. I know a couple of phrases, but I'm fairly certain this was not an accurate translation. When the guy yelled out, and I quote, the crowd are touched. <laughs> <In> the <crowd. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound accurate, does it? That's really. a very, that's if the, cr- if the crowd are touched, I think that uh, maybe Biden's in the crowd. Anyway, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. His messy. Says terrible. Well, didn't, did you catch the subtitle where he referred to the women as the weaker sex? Yeah, the, they the weaker up. sex, the w- w- but the uh, 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 primal strength of men, but the uh, what, what was the the, the limberness or something of the fairer sex? It was it was weird, you know. And yeah. I'm not a progressive kind of guy, and I'm not you know some sort of you know feminist guy that's you know. Say anything and the, no, no, I'm 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 a you know normal dude and everything. But even I was like, that's a little much to say things like that, and, and it was just kind of yeah, weird, I mean, weird to go weird, go back that far and hear those kind of terms. Like okay, it was uh, it was the most uh, probably the most disturbing part of the entire film, honestly. Yeah, it probably was, probably was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it wasn't yeah. a film or a scary film. It was just a joyous, fun-filled film, with the exception of that commentary. Well, and then the, you had the second match, which featured Blue Demon. That's and, right. Garza. Uh, it's also a tag team match, and he's the only one wearing a mask. And uh, At some point, he just started, like, bumping into people. Not like even like throwing his body weight into them. He just sort of like bump into him like a drunk, and they roll out of the ring. And I said, "What?" (laughs) Yeah, I got very confused because it looked like the guys they were fighting started fighting with each other at the same time that he was fighting with them, and it was weird. It was just kind of a a very strange bad match. It was just. The thing about this, and it just it just makes me, if this, if this was the height, if these were the greatest, if these matches were the prime example of why luchador wrestling was so beloved in Mexico, I would hate to see the crappy undercard because this was terrible. <laughs> it was it was like. You know, not even really locking. This wasn't even the, you know, uh, what you used to watch on USA. They'd have a, a throwback match from the early 70s when, uh, you know, they'd run out of things to, to show of the recent matches. They'd, oh, let's go back to 1970. Superstar Billy Graham took on Andre the Giant, you know. And this was, you know, good wrestling. It was, you know, technical. And it wasn't as exciting or, or jumpy or anything as, as this professional wrestling is now, uh, or especially back in this heyday of the of the 90s. But this, what I'm watching here on this Mexican screen, was just bad. They just, like, it was bump into love. each other and, like, occasionally yeah. would, would, you know, flip somebody over just slightly and... uh it was mostly just sort of slapping at each other, kind of like drunken Swedes. I don't understand what was wrong with these people. <laughs> well, one thing about the wrestling matches, and and and, and for anyone that knows anything about these uh, Lucha Libre films, is um, they always incorporate one or two wrestling matches within the confines of the film uh, to give you sort of a uh, idea of who you're dealing with. Like, you know, this guy is a hero in the ring 
as well as outside of the ring. So I guess it's supposed to give you some context, even though these matches, I boring. A little boring. A little. A little boring. Okay, yeah. sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think, you know, I never got to see them, but I'm fairly certain that Wes Brooks' little promo he had in the old skating rink was probably better than this. But I'm not going to, you know, I'm not one to cast stones. You're probably right, because I saw one of his, uh, yeah, his uh, matches back in the day that he had, you know, produced, and it was actually very entertaining. Uh, this and not so much, uh, which is sad because these guys were icons, as I said, and uh, but there's not a whole lot of high flying, uh, you know, maneuvers going on or anything like modern. The more modern luchadors, you know, you see a lot more of the flipping and the, you know, things of that nature, but not so right. much. Right, and 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 most the most everybody in the, in America probably got their taste of luchador in the uh, '90s when um, the uh, NWA, which turned into the WCW before it was bought by WWF, before it changed its name to WWE. I know a lot of uh, of letters there, folks, but uh, uh, yeah. they had uh, several of the highest, you know, the most well-known, the highest paid Mexican wrestlers. They actually came and wrestled for uh, the WCW for a long time. And Rey Mysterio Jr. is still one of the uh, top wrestlers in the WWE. And he really started his career in America, the WCW, in the mid-90s. And they had um, several of the luchadors, you know, imported, so to speak, uh, yeah. uh El El Parcour El Parca La Parca La Parca. La Parca uh, right? They had um, the Ultimo Dragon. They had several different ones. I just can't remember the them Octagon at some point. Um, yeah, several of those guys. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was neat to see some of those guys, and 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 but they were much they were much more of the lines of the uh, what you call sort of a welterweight. They were light, they're small, and they were able to jump off top ropes, do crazy acrobatics in the air, sacrificing their bodies for the sake of, you know, 20 pesos and a, and a, and a tamale. Um, and at least you, know, you didn't say a, a, a green pepper, so that would have been not yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be ridiculous and self promoting. <laughs> ridiculous. Yes, How I dare agree. you. <laughs> just simply because we got the whole title off this stupid thing from the false interview of a false wrestler that we made up 30 years ago. I can't right, believe right. Even, I didn't believe you'd even insinuate that I'd bring up the things of pain and green pepper. I'm so I'm ashamed of myself. I'm so sorry. I apologize <laughs> to all you listeners out there. Oh, but we see the match and like right after that we go to a, a cemetery. Yeah, uh, right, right. Yes. The, they're, they're, they're dropping somebody uh, off and leaving yeah. them. The, uh, the dead uh, professor, yeah, he's being laid to rest, right? Right. With a, with a crowd of mourners, uh, his brother and niece. That were the only people out there. <laughs> yeah, he was a popular guy. I know he wasn't. Everybody, uh, he was a he was an evil scientist. Yeah, scientist apparently, everybody knew it. Everybody knew he was an evil scientist because that was in the newspaper. Evil yeah. scientist dies. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he was obviously allowed to walk free until he died. Right. Uh, okay. Just, you know, that's just the way things work. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yes. Yeah. <laughs> non-evil doctor or professor or whatever he was brother and uh, and and that good doctor 
uh, daughter were there to mourn, I guess, the loss of this horrible human being. Sure. But then as soon as they leave, uh, out pumps, out pops. What, what, I, what I first saw I, uh, them pop out, I thought this was a Frankenstein. Uh, because what you see is a, a green guy. He's green, mm-hmm. and it looks like he has some sort of scarring. Um, but then more of them popped out. So there's four green guys who got more and less green depending on which scene they were in and how much makeup they've had rubbed off during their uh, wrestling and fight scenes. Um, That's cool. And uh, led by a midget. Yeah, which is always yeah. cool. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm all, you know, because I'm, I'm all for that. It's not the sure. first. Uh, not the first uh, of these luchador films that I have watched that uh, had an evil midget kind of uh, helping run the show, if you will. Yeah. So I, I and we're just going to use the term midget because I don't like the term dwarf. I, it makes me if I, if I think dwarf, I think you know Tolkien. I we're just going to use midget. Sorry. Right, right. But and I hope if that I offend any, if one, I offend any short people other than Patrick, I'm sorry. But anyway, um, yes. I just found out I'm an inch shorter than I always believed, which is sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it was not. It was not a good news uh, for 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 Patrick. Uh, no, I, I lost an inch. What's going on? You know, I get older. I'm losing, I don't know what's going. So I don't know. Well, it's because you always wore those giant boots, dude. I think that's probably yeah. true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I lived a lie. You think you're six foot four of those things? <laughs> oh, reality slapping me right across the face. It's okay oh, though. Terrible. I'm not that's terrible. I'm not bitter about it. That's you know, <laughs> at all, a little. Sure, sure. Okay. So how did we get to this? Oh yeah, we were talking about the evil hench dwarf uh, assistant guy. <laughs> hench dwarf. Uh, midget, yeah. <laughs> Well, what I like is that they start showing the uh, newspaper, and yeah. the the scientist the you know scientist dies is the uh, you know headline, and uh, you've got a guy reading it, and it's apparently it becomes you know it becomes apparent that this was the evil scientist's brother, and the the girl that is with him is the still living doctor's daughter who would be the evil scientist's niece and what i like about their conversation is that the guy is reading from the paper that the dead person had great success in reviving dead people via brain transplants now you think (laughs) that a person who could revive the dead wouldn't be reviled as an evil scientist I don't know, would maybe get the Nobel Prize for medicine, would maybe be hailed as a hero, the man who conquered death, you know, parades and statues in his honor, but no, 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 no. He's just an evil scientist and we're going to chuck into an empty mausoleum and leave. Apparently not embalmed. You know, we're not going to embalm him or perform an autopsy, and we'll get into how I know about that later on, but no, we're just going to chuck a stinky corpse into a, a rock and leave him so respected was he for conquering the age-old enemy of death. Yeah, there's an appreciation. Yeah. But that's not what I'm ranting about. I, that rant was to set up for this rant. As he's reading this, <laughs> the niece talks, says, I remember my uncle talking about 
doing his experiments in an abandoned castle. Do you know what a castle that is? I don't know. Well, it turns out it was within walking distance. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is Mexico. This is not the English countryside. This is not the, the great Bavarian plain where there are just hundreds of old abandoned castles littering the countryside. No, it's Mexico. How many castles are there going to be? Not many. And oh, yeah, look, there's one just down the street. But I'm not ranting about that. This is what I'm ranting about. <laughs> after him reading, after her own father reading, he brought back the dead by doing brain transplants. This girl, who is obviously a natural blonde, goes, what kind of experiments did my uncle do? <laughs> she just, just, oh, <sighs> That's a good script right there, my friend. I don't know. Maybe he brought them back to life in an abandoned castle. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like that rubbed oh. a little bit there. Yeah, that was a little, uh, yeah, off-putting there. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. She wasn't the, uh, but the she wasn't like the brainiac character of the film, was she? Oh my gosh. But then Santo is reading the same paper and Blue Demon comes into the office. Apparently they have an office and they never take off their masks. And not only are they wrestlers, apparently they're also detectives because yep. they say don't worry about the dead guy. His case is closed. As if they, like Shaggy and the gang and Scooby, did something to close the case. <laughs> I'm assuming they didn't, but I don't know. Maybe he just meant that he physically closed the case over his body, like the casket. Maybe that's what he was talking about. No, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs> he said, the case is closed. Yeah, so go and go and go and have a vacation with your girlfriend, right? And uh, you know, she's because always he just, worried about he, the girlfriend, right? Because he just happens to be dating the professor's daughter, correct? Right, right. And we'll talk about his uh, uh fidelity to the professor's daughter a little later on, but I mean, he's so worried about his, his girlfriend. And the dead guy coming back to life and doing something. This is what he's worried about. Because, you know, I worry about that a lot, too. Yeah. Sure. No, wait. No. I live in a first world country, not a third world country. I don't worry about that kind of crap. Anyway. <laughs> so, four green guys and a midget don't yes. walk into a bar, but they do steal a body. How do they take the body away, Patrick? How do they take the body away? I don't even remember. <laughs> they just pick it up and carry it off. Well, what do they load it onto? How do they get it away from the cemetery? Did they just put it in the back of a car or something? I don't even remember. No, no, not a car. Not a car. What was no, it? Again, oh, no, 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 no. Go was it a horse-drawn buggy? A horse-drawn wagon. Yes, now it's all good. With the, with, with the four green guys yes. holding torches That's off right. to the side while the midget drives away. Now, I'm assuming they're supposed to be holding out the torches to light the way, even though it's broad daylight. Yeah. And again, the, this movie flips back and forth between no filter broad daylight, 
bad filter, broad daylight, really, really bad, too dark of a filter, broad daylight. And it's, but you can always tell that it's daytime, but they're just like making it slightly dark on the film. Uh, the way they used to in the old uh, Zorro films from Disney. Uh, yes. But they did it better there because they had light. Anyway. But, yeah. So yeah, they knew what they were to, doing. To, to add to the, to the uh, you know, really, uh, I'm ashamed of myself for talking about how bad this third world country nonsense is. But again, instead of using a car with, I don't know, headlights, or even if you don't have a car, flashlights instead of a Torch. I mean, these are literally torches that they're holding yeah. out, like they would chase the Frankenstein monster with. They're holding those out and riding across the country in a horse-drawn wagon. And Blue Demon spots them. Now, I don't even want to get into how he spotted them going into the castle, but then had to go through all sorts of uh, uh, a wooded lane that they use for 17 different scenes uh, <laughs> and, and ended up not knowing where they went and it was surprised why he saw the castle, even though that's where he saw them going into the castle the first time he saw them. I'm not going to get into that. Apparently. I'm glad. That's and just important. Yeah, and just <laughs> uh, and just know and just know that Blue Demon hops out of his little uh, convertible car and goes and follows these people because that's what one does when one sees four giant green guys, a corpse, and a midget on a horse-drawn wagon. Yeah, follow them. Exactly. Uh, I would. I'm, yeah, you know, and this is why you're going to die. And, uh, <laughs> I would say these guys are in a horse-drawn wagon with torches. They must be going to a groovy castle. It makes sense. Yeah. And, and and I would pull out my concealed carry, my concealed weapon and start uh, blasting away. <laughs> I'm not taking chances. <laughs> well, you're smart. Uh, Blue got to the castle. I, I may be remembering this wrong. Didn't he muscle like one of the doors open by just giving it like a good shoulder charge or something? Well, no, no. A one shoulder charge would have been the muscle. But yeah. no, he uses the same, you know, uh, astonishing wrestling move where he just sort of like bumps up against it with his shoulder. Eventually it does open up. But again, this isn't like show of force. It's like he's just sort of drunk and like stumbling into things. Eventually, the door opens. I'm thinking, use the handle next time, doofus. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah. He probably couldn't see it, the, the mask, you know, uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, the big. sure. But then, yeah. but then here's, here's the thing that I've got in my notes is that they had a close-up of one of the ghouls. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, he's all scarred up. And I'm and I'm just thinking to myself, probably not makeup. This is probably where he had the pox. This is this is what the actor looked like. <laughs> He's painting them green, like yeah, you know, it works. You look like you're decomposing. You know, paint you green, uh, put you in a, a tight black shirt, and go on with your bad self. Pretty much. <laughs> and generally, of course, generally what they would do with these henchmen, they would be wrestlers, of course. Uh, that they would just hire, you know, a group of them to be the stuntman slash muscle, uh, usually villain muscle and things of that nature. But uh, sure. so, yeah, probably we're all scarred up and beat down and all of that sort of thing. Uh, from yeah, from they had the pox because they had no vaccines in Mexico and the and the, when they were, when they were growing up in the forties. Right, exactly. Yeah, so that's probably true. Yeah, 
So we're shedding new light onto this film, which probably most people wouldn't even think about these things. That's why we're here, sure. though, right? You know. Exactly. Shed light on it and hope it goes away like a cockroach. And to brighten up this film like they never could because it's a very right. Nice. They needed to. So they, <laughs> they they carry the professor in. They strap him into a machine, and the midget starts throwing switches and you know a lot of electricity going through. Um, and brings the professor back to life. Yeah. And uh, a couple things about this. Um, it looked as if the dwarf that that, that was uh, uh, Waldo was the dwarf's Waldo. name. Yeah, yeah, Waldo. I understand why Waldo's so hard to find. He's very small. Anyway. <clears throat> that was a, yeah, a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was horrible. Now I should be ashamed of myself. For those um, of you listening, by the way, Waldo was portrayed by a veteran actor, Rafael Munoz, Munoz, rather, Sant, Santanon. Yeah, Santanon. I make sure I'm saying that right. Rafael Munoz Santanon, who also starred in Tom Thumb and Little Red Riding Hood, Puss in Boots, Santo versus the King of Crime, and the Snake People with Mr. Boris Karloff. You know, you, you have the Spanish pronunciation of Peggy Hill. Just putting that out there, dude. I don't doubt that. Yeah. So the, the, what I was wondering is that is this guy, he also seemed to be a hunchback. I didn't know if the, the actual dwarf was an actual hunchback or if this is just some sort of like little pad they had behind him making him look even more deformed. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I think it was bogus. Yeah, I think it was just for the film. Yeah, because I don't okay. remember having that in other pictures. Yeah. So. so, and here's where I get to where the the professor was wasn't embalmed, uh, you know, or have an autopsy because is you know they just take his his stinky corpse and toss it in and zap him. He comes back to life, and then you know Waldo gets this big long speech where he you know brought him back and and that uh, you know now he he wants to be experiment on living things. Uh, as he was promised. Now, I don't understand why, after the professor died, Waldo couldn't do whatever the heck he wanted to do. Uh, I mean, it's not like the guy's around to stop him. He's dead. But here's the observation I had. <clears throat> that is kind of true. Calling the shots. Waldo, Waldo has what I can uh, uh, affectionately refer to as a meth mouth. He has gaps between his teeth that you could put pencils long ways between. Um, so obviously being a member of the Mexican Screen Actors Guild did not include a dental plan. Just putting that out there. Probably didn't. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the, and the laboratory is, as all labs should be, in a uh, fetid, stinky, moldering cave instead of a sterile building, because we all know that science is best conducted with mold growing on everything. Well, yeah, of course. Back to nature. Uh, yeah, back to nature. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, well, the blue demon comes in and he uh, uh, sees everything. He 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 uh, gets. Caught uh, a, a tremendous action sequence ensues when one of the ghouls sneaks up on him and beats him over the head with a stick. Yeah, uh, that's right. But it but it didn't knock him out. It, it, nope. They had to wrestle for five minutes. Well, yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's the equivalent of a Bruce Lee film, except with wrestling. So you have to have those scenes, you know. 
Yeah, oh, it's the equivalent of a Bruce Lee film. Uh, Bruce Leroy. Uh, <laughs> Bruce Lie. Bruce Leibowitz. Bruce something. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who made Catman. Made, uh, Deadly whatever. Deadly tracks. From the first episode. Yeah. yeah. That, his Classic. name was Lee, wasn't it? It was. Joseph, Joseph Lie. Yeah, sure. There you go. Anyway. That's all <laughs> so, Blue Demon gets captured and yes. uh, they stick him in what appears to be a tanning booth. <laughs> yeah. And, and and make it and make him another make another blue demon. Yeah, the duplicator machine as they called it. I think yeah. is what they called it. Yeah. Yeah, the duplicating machine. Yes, exactly <laughs> what they called it. You That's know, what I thought. Yeah. It's, and what take it a step further and do it from Phineas and Ferb. The duplicatorinator, you know, <laughs> just some, why just go ahead and do that? I mean, <laughs> even better. <laughs> oh, Lord. So now there's a second blue demon that's under his control, but they're it got confusing because I didn't know if they'd forgotten that he had made a copy because throughout the movie they just talk about how blue demons under this guy's control, but right. it's not blue demon; it's the other guy that's the copy, exactly of blue demon. But they keep referring to him as Blue Demon. And I, I didn't know until the very end if they had forgotten that they had made a copy. Because uh, you never can't tell about these things. You never know. And of course, right. the uh, evil Blue Demon was portrayed by Ale Alejandro Cruz, a.k.a. the Black Shadow, who was another luchador uh, favorite back in the day. So he, he, he played uh, Blue Demon when, there's, when there were two of them. Now, I don't know. I'm assuming Blue Demon actually probably played himself in the close-ups when he was supposed to be the evil version. And then uh, Black Shadow probably played him sort of, you know, like a stunt double thing, you know, that sort of thing. Because well, I don't know. Don't really, they're not like built exactly the same or facially the same, you know, because Blue Demon has rather large pouty lips and, well, Black Shadow doesn't. So there's some differences. So that's what I'm thinking happened. Well, I I didn't I didn't know there was enough light to tell the difference, but what I I didn't know I didn't know that because in the credits you know has Santo played by you know the Saint in the Silver Mask, right? Uh, it had Blue Demon played by Alejandro Juarez or whatever his name was, right? And uh, but they didn't have like I I just assumed that that was the Blue Demon's real name. Like okay, that's interesting. They actually give his real name um, because actually, it didn't say Blue Demon. It didn't say Blue Demon, uh, you know, played by Blue Demon. It said Blue Demon was played by Alejandro, whatever his name was. It didn't say Evil Blue Demon played by whoever. It just didn't have that right. option at all. It just skipped that all together. So I, I don't know. It was odd. Yeah, it's I, a little, uh, can be confusing. Definitely. Yeah, so. I, can't, I can't imagine that they would let quality slip at that, that, that level. I mean, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a, what's going on here? What's what in the world? So anyway, if that clears up any of that confusion or, or just added to it, perhaps I don't know. But, sure, uh, sure. So we have two blue demons running around. Well, one of them's laying down as a prisoner. Okay. Right, and running. the other one, the other one is blue demon until he's not played by blue demon. Can we just get past that and go to the rest of this nonsense? Because I really want to get to the vampire eventually. Some killed me. <laughs> Well, we find out from the professor who is uh, he's talking to the dwarf Waldo about how he wants to basically kill Santo and Blue Demon because they uh, have ruined his life 
before he died. Sure. Apparently they had crossed paths with this maniac at some point, you know. And in researching but this, this is, but this is not a sequel. But this is not a sequel no. to a movie, is it? Exactly. Is just, oh, we we just have to kind of assume that something happened in the off time. You know, right. while, while Blue Demon and while uh, Blue Demon and Santo were driving around in a groovy uh, minivan with a talking dog solving mysteries. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know that. They set it up like it is a sequel. Certainly, it's not, as we know, because we did the research. Um, but it's just kind of weird. No, we didn't. You did. I didn't. I, I, <laughs> so I did the research. <laughs> but it's interesting to come across a, a film like this where they they refer back to oh the you know the battles we've had with this guy and it's like but there's nothing. It's not like there were flashbacks or stories. Right. What happened? Really, uh, nothing. Nothing like that at all. Sure. So. Yeah. Because again. I can't believe they let the quality slip at this level. <sighs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand that either. I don't know. Somebody, the script supervisor, should be fired. Sure, yeah, a lot of people should be fired. Hey, <laughs> but I think sadly most of them are already expired anyway. So, uh, well, okay. Well, dig them up and fire them. They were fired. <laughs> bring, bring them back to life. Put them in that machine. Bring them back. Yeah. So fire them. You know. And fire them, and then and. Of course, it's only going to work if they haven't been embalmed and have an autopsy and they're able to just walk around. Well, my question is, didn't they say the doctor was bringing dead people back to life by transplanting bra- brains into their... Yeah, brain yeah. transplant, correct. Well, how did he come Not back just, to life without a brain transplant? You know, what I thought, and, and because there was no explanation, is sure. that they had the weird little... It, it looked like a statue most of the time because it didn't move. The yeah. little alien thing that had a brain mm-hmm. sticking out of the top of it. And right. I thought that maybe he had transferred his consciousness into this. And this was like just sort of a, a holding place. Then I start seeing this thing moving around. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Well, what is that? Um, and there was never an explanation um, as to that. It's just they had another, you know, small person. You know, child or dwarf uh, in a costume, just kind of lumbering around for a couple scenes. It yeah, didn't do anything. Yeah. It was just sort of there. And, but I, I just kind of assumed that maybe that was it uh, until you told me that was something else. Um, that would have been because cool. that was the only thing that was like brain related. But yeah, he brought him back to life, and you know, so yeah, he's there. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> I see that would have been a better script. What you just said, sure, sure. Anything would have been a better script than what was written at right. this point. But my guess, uh, when they went to uh, to dig out the Cyclops suit, they saw that suit laying there and said, "You know what? There's nowhere in the script for this, but grab it. We'll throw it on somebody because it looks cool. Whatever. No harm." It, it was like a tiki thing. It was like it, it was. It looked like it was made out of stone. It yeah. was it was you know kind of a tiki looking alien with a a, a carved brain sticking out of its head. It yeah. was it was it was one of the cooler things about the movie, and then and they didn't do anything with it. You know? Well, now you'll have to go ten years earlier and watch Ship of Monsters. He's in that movie quite a lot, so you'll have to watch. <laughs> no, 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 not unless I'm assigned to by my torturer <laughs> later on. Yeah, yeah, That's you have to figure out something for us to watch for Thanksgiving, dude. I wouldn't worry about that yet. So. Oh yeah, that's true. Thanksgiving's coming up. We're gonna have to find something for that. That is true. Uh, so it's so, Thanksgiving, though. 
it's going to be hard to beat that. Um, so. uh, well, we, we, we see uh, Santo and his girlfriend are driving along to some swinging, groovy music. Yes. And he stops th- in the middle of the road to kiss this girl. He does. Through the mask. You know, oh, yeah. oh the passion. Oh, the passion. Um, and then, uh, what was it? Blue Demon shows up, and then Bye. the other people show up, and then there's beatings, and they kidnap the girl and toss her in a car. So it means they had a car. They, they didn't did. use the car to, to transport the body. They used a horse-drawn wagon. Well, that's because the, the professor was not there. He wasn't alive yet to buy gas for the car. <laughs> you know, that's about as good an explanation as you're going to get out of any of this crap. I'm going to take that. I'm going to make that head cannon, and we're just going to go with it. Thank you. Okay. Next. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> so Blue Demon uh, beats up uh Santo and is, tosses him off of a, a cliff. Yes. But then he doesn't actually go down a cliff. He rolls no. down a hill and then stops the edge of what's a cliff. Um and the camera work is so stellar here. Where they have what is obviously uh, uh Santo on top of a, a, a slight rise, like a tiny little dirt hill. Yeah. And he's like kicking like he's life depends on it. Oh, oh, oh. but then they have a, a shot of just a, a static camera where someone's just sort of you know put the camera over a cliff and then throwing dirt off the side of the cliff so you can see it go down into the great deep valley. But there's no connection of actual that doesn't even look like uh the Santo is near an actual cliff. It is, I mean. Oh. Yeah, it's not good. I mean, it's not a good effect. I'll give you that. It's uh, it's really not. But luckily, and he survived. He's oh, he survives. Jumps back into his car and uh, and squeals the tires on the dirt like they always do. Ah, I had that exact note. I had this exact note. Tires squealing on dirt. Underline, underline, underline. Exact note. <laughs> that is funny. And, and, then, and we can't tell if it's day or night. We can't tell if it's day or night. Um, Never. The yeah, it's like bright. It's dark. It's bright. It's dark. The one of the actual stunts and the the film was sped up quite a bit. You could tell oh, that yeah. it was a sped up film. Um, but I do have to say. This girl did, in fact, jump out of one moving vehicle into another moving vehicle. Yes, uh, she did. And that's, and that's not uh, a bad thing. But then no, the, no, was, the car impressive. full of bad guys goes off a cliff. Blue Demon comes out on fire and just walks yeah. off. Santo <laughs> is looking straight ahead at the top of the cliff. He's looking straight ahead as, as, as if he's looking down the road. And he's and but he's acting as if he's seeing the car that had exploded below him and the guy walking off away from him. It, 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 the, the, the car's below him, but he's still looking straight ahead, not like he's looking <laughs> down into this. Like, okay. Um, and then he's talking to 
was it was he talking to the professor? Or was he talking to somebody else? I can't remember. But he's talking about what I the the note that I have. He's obviously invulnerable. Uh, oh, because, I think he's talking to the professor at that point. I think. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. The. Uh, um, is that the same scene where they discuss why Blue Demon is attacking him? And he says, well, yes. I know you guys are foes in the ring, but best friends outside of the ring or something to that effect, you know. Your your rivalry may have uh, provoked him. Your yeah. old rivalry may have provoked him, I think was the phrase. That but is what... uh, but the, is this where they start talking about where the uh, everyone was from um, um, Transylvania, the, 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 his family was from Transylvania, his brother became obsessed with everything, or was that later? Man, I don't pay attention to that junk. I just want the fighting. <laughs> I think that's where it, where it came from. But um, no, I think you're. I think you might be right. Yeah, I think. I so. think that's where it came from because about that time, um, Blue Demon and these people, the these the ghouls, the green people, they start collecting the monsters at this point. They, they, this right. is the this is the we're getting the gang back together montage and. Uh, so they go they go into the cave and they start lifting up this this uh coffin and you see up above them a bat now you don't know if it's a giant bat you just see it's a bat but then the bat of course in the 1960s things fades out and becomes the vampire the same size, you know, with his arms right. spread out and the cape being the wings. And he jumps down, and I, I wish that I could insert the scream here so that people could hear it. I don't want them to have to watch the whole movie, but this is the greatest <laughs> scream that anyone... Because the vampire drops down and goes, ah! And just falls on these people. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's good. The, sucking the blood out of all these ghouls. Now they've already told us that the ghouls were revived criminals. That they're you know pe- they're basically Frankenstein's monster, but they're yeah. not called Frankenstein. And Frankenstein's monster is something else, even though these are the exact same thing. They're green. They're reanimated corpses, and they've right. been given a second chance. So you have to do what the master says, according to Waldo. And you know, so he's <laughs> sucking the life out of these ghouls, uh, and is getting ready to attack Blue Demon until Blue Demon. Holds up a ring, which starts flashing and uh, has a high-pitched whine. No, why this works, no one knows. No one explains. No one says anything. It just does. So God help you if you ever ha- are attacked by a vampire, you have, better have a, a light-up, shining, uh, little uh, uh, whining ring. You know, you better have that. Save yourself. Better than a cross. It's like a dog whistle for monsters. It works. Apparently. But the vampire and He's there almost as much as the Cyclops. I like the vampire. He's got like little bat ears. Uh, yeah. He's wearing a top. He's wearing like a little. Uh, it's not a stove top hat. You know, like an Abraham Lincoln thing, but it's a top hat. A coachman's mm-hmm. hat is what it would be called. With his little everything, yeah. and it and it's just funny. He's just always jumping on people and leaping from them from everywhere. Um, so it's crazy. Yeah. He- it, Good character, I like that one. Yeah, I, I just like his screams. He doesn't do anything except scream and jump. So it's funny, man. It's funny, but it um, is good. You're watching the film just for El Vampiro, right, Mr. Oh. David Alvizi, actor portraying El Vampiro. 
It's, it's funny, man. I like that part. Um, the uh, let's see here. The vampire. Oh, yeah, my my note. OMG, the freaking vampire. That's my note. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's perfect. As they're going through, and then the professor. I also have a nice little thing uh, where the professor, you know, grabbed a pipe and started puffing on it, but he didn't fill it with tobacco or light it. Uh, while he's talking to Santo, because this is this is going back and forth. This is the montage. So while he's talking about his family being from Transylvania, the blue demon and the ghouls are going and getting on these monsters. Then they go into yeah. this room where, of course, skeletons are standing upright and still assembled in the correct mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, there's lots of them and. And they're looking for it. And it is a long, stinking scene. Now, this room is like a 10 by 10 room. And they have a flashlight that is putting out all the light of a single birthday candle. And, <laughs> but the, but the light, there's still light in this room. It's not like this is the only light. The light is in the room. They've got a flashlight, which is not, does not add any light whatsoever. Other than you, it's like, oh, look, there's a little slight yellow spot where they're, they're pointing. That must be the flashlight's light. Um, and then they find the mummy. And and in a closed casket, they, they find the mummy. Now, not a sarcophagus, you know, where you would find no. a mummy. Not, you know, not, not something that's decorated with Egyptian symbols or, or anything like that. No, no, it's a pine box. Because that's where right. you bury a mummy, you know. That's traditional. I remember when when they when they pulled out, you know, King Tut. They they faked all the sarcophagus nonsense and all the gold because everybody knows you just chuck a mummy in a pine box and and toss them under a pyramid. Yes, they yeah. last forever in a pine box. Sure, but then then you look at this mummy and this mummy. To look at him, he is. Try. Um, I I wrote my note here. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Yes. Um, the mummy is just the waiter from El Jalapeno that's too stoned to open his eyes. This is the mummy. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the weirdest mummy I think I've ever seen. I mean, I mean it's it was... not even wrapped in bandages. It's in a white suit, and he just walks yeah. out with his eyes closed, like dude. Um, and then Cyclops, they don't even show where they found him. They just show that the uh, professor is defrosting him with a blowtorch because he obviously went to the same school that the uh, guy from Yeti, giant of the 20th century, went to. But if you have something exactly. living, you hit it with fire. It's fine. It's fine to do that. Why is the Cyclops in ice? They never said. But Yeah, all this is in Mexico, right? There's an ice monster and ice and a mummy and Egyptian. Yeah. And and then they bring them all back and well, they have a scene where there are all these little, little chambers where they brought that professor back to life. And, you know, Waldo's Waldo's giving them the speech of, Oh, we brought you back to life. Well, they had to subdue the vampire. They had to subdue the, (laughs) the, the Cyclops. I I don't know who they brought back to life. Okay, the mummy. Okay, I'll give you that one. But the <laughs> wolfman didn't look dead. 
Frankenstein <laughs> might need to jump, okay, but they didn't bring them back to life. They were already there. Yeah, they were already hanging out doing their thing. So I mean, you know, whatever. It's kind of I mean, weird. How, how would you describe the 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 hombre lobo, the wolf man? How would you describe this dude? He looked like an old Mexican farmer with a beard and some jacked up teeth. That's what he looked like to me. <laughs> I had him look like a Mexican hipster. You know, because he had like a big beard. And... Yeah, that was... oh. Yeah, because uh, it's like they jumped on half the makeup or something. I don't know. It's just, but he uh, did have well, big puppy dog it, ears. Me. They, you, you, they... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, please, please. Go ahead. I got nothing else to say good. Go ahead. <laughs> going back to the mummy uh, he reminded me of a very old john carradine like in his last days <laughs> maybe they went to the future dragged john carradine back <laughs> that's that's what it reminded me of i'm like oh wow this guy's like a dead ringer for carradine uh, yeah yeah that's bad but no so that, it's uh it's weird yeah the monsters they go on a killing spree they just uh the Wolfman attacks a, a small farm family. A, kind of and, a brutal scene. Yeah, oh yeah, brutal. Oh yeah, horribly brutal. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he he puts his mouth next to the neck of someone and they all just pass out and die. You know, there's no evisceration. There's no bloodletting. There's no carnivorous action. No, no. But then they have the kid in the stereotypical little white pants and white shirt running away from the wolfman and hiding behind a corner. And you see the wolfman go around the corner and jump as if, oh, we know he ate the baby. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I, I guess he was part dingo. I don't know. Anyway. See, that was why it was such a traumatic scene, you know. Uh, right. And, and I, then they anyway, had a guy who was... It, it, looking at his fishing nets and I kind of assumed that this guy was maybe another wrestler that they had used in something else because he's pretty well built like a big strong looking dude and he had like yeah. a two second scene and the Cyclops right. comes up out of nowhere and just attacks him and kills him and then yep. you know of course they bring in El Santo to be the CSI detective you know, I, I half expected him to take off sunglasses, make some sort of bad pun, and then have the who, you know, start, <laughs> ah! you know. Some, exactly. Right, <laughs> yes. You know, well, it's obviously a, oh, what was the term? Was, I looked it up. It was two-legged. Uh, two-legged monster that, that goes back and forth from the swamp. How do you know these things? You don't know these things. He knows everything. He's, he's, sure. a, he's a master of all things. So he goes swimming, fully clothed with a mask, through. <laughs> and and here's the great thing: he's swimming around in what is obviously like somebody's pool, uh, with a couple of you know plastic plants at the bottom of it. But they sure. keep showing uh, coral reefs, like he's swimming in the middle of the ocean. Uh, this is right. saltwater stuff. You have reefs and caves and saltwater fish. Then they show a crocodile swinging on the bottom of the of the swamp there. Uh, all all the while they have the cyclops, you know, behind some seaweed, looking at Santo as he's swimming by, fully clothed with the mask. And I'm just thinking to myself, oh yes, I remember the mythology of the cyclops. 
Well, yes, he was a water-dwelling beast that lived in the swamp and spent most of his time aquatically. So, no! He's a one-eyed <laughs> monster with no depth perception. Being in the water is not good. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wondered why they uh, chose to make him. I Because, I, you know, there have been multiple... Uh, Mexican horror films where they have, or okay, I say multiple, at least two I know of where they had a creature from the Black Lagoon knockoff. So I'm wondering why they could not have gotten one of those suits and used it as the water creature instead of making the Cyclops the water creature. But they did what they did. I, I don't right. know why. Makes no yeah. sense, really. Uh, Let's not forget about the Frankenstein attack scene where he attacks oh, yeah. a couple. Oh, mm. yeah. Tell me all about it. That's a brutal one too, where you got the young couple. I guess they're gonna have a picnic or hang out in a, in a park, whatever you want to call it, the city park. And anyway, uh, Frankenstein comes out of nowhere and uh, begins grabbing the girl like he sure, always does. Right? right, right, right. And he slaps the the useless boyfriend around for a short while until finally he takes his giant platform shoe and steps on his face. Right. End of scene, basically. He grabs the girl and that's the end of the scene. Right. So, Whatever uh, happens to the girl? Do we know what happens to the girl? Doesn't she uh doesn't he apprehend her and just take her away with him? Isn't that yeah, what, no, happens? But what happens to her after that? That's what I'm saying. Like she what do you do with her? Did, did, did he give her some did, did did he give her the Frankenstein loving? What was that what what she did he, <laughs> did he just t- take her and toss her over a cliff? What's he do with her? It's never answered. <laughs> I'm assuming he takes her back to the hideout. See, I don't remember. It's been a week this since city. I watched it. I watched oh. it today again just to make sure. Oh, you did? It. Okay. Yes. You're better. I watch it well, every 10, the- 12 years. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that the Santo and the Cyclops got in a fight, and eventually Santo stabs the, the creature with a broken stick and kills it. But then. Oh, they- yeah. Then they've, they're back at the lab, and they've got the Cyclops body. How do they recover the body? They didn't show anything. So that he's, they, they just happened to have it again. That uh, would have added an extra five minutes to the film. They couldn't have that. They had to do Sure, just, sure. Know, well, no, because they, 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 they couldn't have five minutes of explanation because we had to have the uh, random, just utterly random wrestling match. So we had oh, two sure. at the beginning. You know, one right. with four people, we don't know who they were. Um, and then, you know, one with Blue Demon. And then now we finally get to see Santo uh, do his do his jive. And But you have the wrestling promoter saying, he says he's going to take your mask. And uh, you prove you're not invul- invulnerable. And you have to take this. Otherwise, you'll be ashamed. They're like, I'll take the match. And then it's, it turns out it's the vampire. The, the, the vampire, they put a mask on the vampire. And yes. as they're setting, setting the vampire up, the professor keeps like wiping him down with something. And I don't know what it was. I don't know if he was trying to like make him less pale with makeup or was he rubbing some sort of ether on him? I don't, it didn't ever say. It was never explained. But uh-uh. they have just a really bad match. And the the vampire is about to beat Santo when the looks up and sees the you know crucifix on the necklace of the referee and he squeaks like a little girl and turns into a bat and flies away. Yes. And, and then, then we get 
absolute mayhem. All of the monsters come out of nowhere and start jumping in the ring. And it looked to me like he had a whole bunch of other wrestlers that jumped in the ring. Mm-hmm. And but there was no explanation to who these people were or what was really going on. It's just all of a sudden it's just mayhem. <laughs> and at this point, I just in my head, I just heard the voice of Jim Ross. My God, he's got a folding chair. Here comes Steve Austin. I just I swear to God, this is what's going through my head. And you know, it's because it was just random. Like the monsters are jumping in the wrestling ring and they're wrestling with the other wrestlers who just show up and then disappear with no explanation. And uh, yeah, it's magical. It's magical. And then, then they all just stop. I don't know what they just stop. And they hightail it out of there again. Uh, you know what? Now that I think about it, um, they had a psychic link to these monsters. So maybe that's how they found the Cyclops earlier on when he was wounded. Sure. Remember, there's but one scene, I think it's the dwarf or maybe the professor. But he had to obey his, obey his uh, mental orders or he'll destroy you. Right, right. There, no, he, no, it was, one, it was huh? the professor. It was the, it was the reanimated oh. professor saying you have to uh, obey my mental orders or I will destroy you. So that maybe that's how they found the Cyclops earlier. Because in one scene, if you think about it, and this confused me, I'm going to go ahead and talk about this for a second. That the light day scenes, like we said, is they're a train wreck in this film. Oh. I couldn't figure out why the vampires kept running around in the daytime, or the vampire rather, attacking these girls. Right? I'm like, it's broad daylight. Okay, I guess he's not afraid of the sun. But right. then when the guy, the professor, calls them back, he says in one scene, "The sun is getting ready to come up. You must return." I'm like, what? Yeah, it's it went, that was the blue demon. That went even to the vampire. It was to the blue demons. Blue demon, come okay. back. That's where it confused me because you're referring to him as blue demon. Come back. The sun's about to come up. But yeah, the, and, and it was but, obviously daylight anyway. Right. <laughs> you know, and they. Yeah. But they did say later on that uh, the monsters could only attack at night. So yeah. that's when the professor and his the daughter, the living the the good uncle, the good guy, and his daughter had to be someplace with lots of people. That's when they went to the club. But we'll get to that oh, in a yeah. minute. Because right. as soon as the wrestling match is over, the vampire's out jumping on women again. Ah! Yeah. And um, then the uh, what's interesting is that if you become a vampire woman, because he's not killing these women, apparently. Apparently he's making them vampire women. There were two of them yeah. that he attacked. He's- and, and they don't show him actually turning them into a vampire, attacking them. They show them later coming out of coffins in what can only be described as full bodysuit bikini lace. And so <laughs> it's a, it's a lace bodysuit with a cape, but a bikini underneath. So that's what they're wearing now. Because when you become a vampire woman, that's what you wear. So they let the vampire woman out she turns into a bat and flies off and then flies to Santo's car. And here's where we talked about the fidelity and the yes, loyalty that, that Santo uh, has to his girlfriend who he's so concerned about. Right. He comes out of his house and there's a woman in a lace bikini suit sitting in his car. Now, rather than calling the cops and saying, I got somebody in my car, she's like, I need to ride home. Can you help me? It would be an honor. 
an honor. Okay, there, buddy. Now, let me ask you, how happy is your girlfriend going to be that you were giving a ride to a bikini-clad woman? I'm just wondering. Exactly. But That's then, not okay. Okay, let's just say that that was the, he had no, 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 no bad intentions until he stops in the middle of nowhere and starts kissing this broad. That's <laughs> a relationship, dude. Uh, you know what? I thought sixties. Yeah, is this what they were swingers? What happened? I, I don't know. I found that scene a little off-putting because of his reputation. You know, kind of that squeaky clean reputation. Right. So, so he's kissing so this girl that he pops back and says, "You're with the undead vampire. Come clean for your own sake." Right. He's, not, he's completely nonplussed that this girl is now a vampire. Uh, well, see, I've got a couple theories that might clear this up. Oh, I'm sure one, you do. One, he knew she was a vampire and he was trying to call her bluff, so he was playing along the whole time. Or, uh, uh, that's pretty much it. But uh, yeah, anyway, gonna... I had one good theory there. I got, uh, oh, I no, got no, a no, theory no. for you. Hang on, I got one. a theory for you, Pat. Hypnotized people. Maybe she had hypnotized him. Nah, uh-huh. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a theory on that. Oh yes, uh, he's a guy. There's a girl in a bikini in the car. Cool. Okay, that's the theory I have. Yes, um, but he's a Santo. He's beyond all that. Yes, <laughs> apparently this not. Door. Apparently not. Anyway. <laughs> so, hey, an appetite only for fighting crime. Sure, but then he, you know, the the. All of a sudden, the monsters come out of nowhere, and they're fighting him again. And it's like every five minutes, the the every every one of the monsters comes out of nowhere and fights him. He always ends up beating the Cyclops like twice as much as he does anybody else. Uh, Poor Cyclops. I well, I'm I'm guessing why and this is an actual guess why I think he fought the Cyclops more than the others was that mm-hmm. um, the Cyclops was in a very large padded suit. So that he can sure. really just sort of like swat and slap and hit at and not really have to worry about hurting the guy in the suit. You know, as opposed to yeah. if he were swatting at the werewolf, well, he's going to knock off that bad nose. Let's be real. And if he's swatting at oh, the, yeah, the vampire, yeah. the, the teeth's going to pop out. His ears are going to fall off. You know, same thing with the Frankenstein. And, you know, I think that yeah. mainly he's going to have to hit the guy in the big suit because he's going to have less of a chance to mess that one up. But that's probably true. Here, a little bit of trivia for you. I know you always like these little bits of trivia. Oh, Frank, be, dazzle me, my friend. Dazzle me. <laughs> what was it? Frank Quinstein or however they wrote it. I don't yeah, know. It was weird. Uh, basically, uh, a guy in a Don Post uh, Frankenstein mask with a mustache and goatee glued to yeah, it. <laughs> goatee. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was actually portrayed by then stuntman Manuel Leal, also known nowadays as Tenebloss, famous uh, Mexican wrestler Tenebloss El Gigante. So, uh, so anyway, yeah. So that was an early job that Tenebloss did before he really became a famous luchador himself. So I mm. wanted to throw that out there. So riveting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So he was a hipster as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a beatnik, maybe. I don't know. So Santo takes the the uncle or the, 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 the good professor and his daughter to a club 
ostensibly, I guess, for safety, because, like, oh, we want them around with lots of people. But he takes them to sure. a nightclub where they do the dance of the fruit trays, um, where they just have, like, 15 or 20 women with trays of fruit or flowers or something, and it's a floor show. And, you know, the old-time, just a dance number after dance number after dance number after dance number after dance number, and it just goes on. And, you know, it's now it's become Bollywood show, where they're just dancing for no reason. And it just goes on, man. And then the monsters just sort of pop up out of nowhere because everyone knows that's where they go. Um, they just show up. Yeah. Again, again, adding adding to the thing of you don't know what castle he was at. They walked from where the castle was to find you. They're not driving. Yeah. And it's bright. It's dim. It's black. It's dim. It's bright. It's black. It's dim. It's over and over, you just can't tell any of this stuff. Um, yeah, it's just oh my gosh, the and they the ghouls aren't even wearing makeup anymore. They've just been in so many fights that they've become their you know they're not green anymore. They've just been wiped completely off. They end up on they end up on top of uh, the roof of this place where Santo tosses the mummy. Off of the off of the top of the building, or, or he yes. tosses he tosses a mannequin, dresses the mummy off the top of a building. Um, <laughs> That's right. Yes. yes. Yeah. And uh, um, I, there's just there's a whole lot of stuff. I I got lost. It just got very confusing because it's just one thing. It's the same thing every couple minutes. All the monsters jump out, and Santo just starts slapping at him, slapping at him, slapping at him. And there's not really any wrestling moves. And there's not really anything high flying. There's not any feats of strength. It's just sort of like he gets hit, he gets knocked down, they kick at him, he jumps up, he slaps at him, he pushes this one, he pushes that one, he hits this one over and over and over again. At some point, he jumped off the top of the roof himself, only to land on the awning to save himself from being splatted and yes. gets in his car to go to rescue his. Uh, girlfriend and her father at the, the castle, and um, I don't know, just, just, it's just so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. And um, if I'm not mistaken, that's the scene where Santo puts the tracker on Frankenstein's neck so that he can actually track him to the castle. Is that correct? Well, okay, they say that's what happened. I don't remember him actually doing that. I just remember they, as he's chasing the car in the daytime, nighttime with no lights, the very fuzzy glaucoma-looking thing, just that they kept showing Frankenstein's neck, but it was just a gash in his neck, and I didn't know what it was supposed to be or if, if I was thinking that the tracker was the bolt or whatever. And, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah, and yeah. I just know that later Waldo shows up and says, "Master, the the this was on Frankenstein," and oh, and I love this terminology, an electro an electric vibrator. This is what they call it. Yeah, they do. I'm thinking maybe one of the vampire women would have enjoyed that more than Frankenstein, but who am I to judge? Uh, <laughs> That is what they called it, yeah. Of all the things they could have called it, a tracer, a tracker, homing device, I don't know, something. No, no, it was an electric 
It's an electric vibrator. And so, yeah. but that's fine. He's going to welcome Santo and, and it's going to disintegrate the knees. Uh, Santo's in the cave. He's fighting the fake blue demon while the real blue demon is still in the tanning booth. Um, right. Then he finally defeats the fake blue demon and, and in order to arouse uh, the blue demon out of his uh, chemically or electronically induced coma that he had to be in because he's been there for days. Oh, uh, yeah. Not, ur- not urinating on himself or anything, just sort of laying there. <laughs> no, um, nothing. You know, no, no hydration in him or anything. He taps <laughs> him on the shoulder and goes, Blue Demon, it's me, your friend, Sento. And he just wakes up. What happened? <laughs> I'll explain later. There are innocent people in jeopardy now. So, you know, you say that, what's the first thing you do? You start hitting people with a with a morning yeah. star. It's a claw, it's a it's a ball and chain. It's a spiked <laughs> ball with a chain, and they're whipping yeah. it at people. And the other thing that I saw was that <laughs> Blue Demon had a torch, and he's actually hitting the people with this torch. That's gotta be safe. Whack, yeah, whack, 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 whack. <laughs> Great. <laughs> crazy that man that's all i could say crazy oh, stunt man. And then, then they got the professor and uh waldo and they're cur- like they're holding each other they're cuddling each other in terror while santo yeah. destroys all the machinery and the blue demon is you know beating people with a an actual lit torch the uh professor and the the girlfriend run out they Stake the vampires. Now, why are the vampires in in their coffins now? They were they shouldn't have been. They were should have been in the lab with everybody else because it was dark. That's true. <laughs> and the castle That's burns. Cool. And the castle there. burns down, and the and the, the the movie's over. Yeah, I'm assuming the professor and the dwarf and all the monsters just went up in flames. You can I you guess. can assume that. I, yeah, I, you I can mean assume that. I don't know if it actually happened. Right. You can assume well, that. Leaves room for a sequel someday. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah you know. Uh, no, no, no. Now, one so, more thing. Now that I think about, it, wasn't Frankenstein driving the getaway car? Yes, he was. He was the driver. He was the driver. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was. That's a car, right? Some reanimated corpse. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Uh... That's uh, that's all they had, I guess. <laughs> you know, let the dog drive. I mean, he's busy hanging well, out the window. The you mummy can open his eyes. Yeah, so right. yeah, I guess. Well, the mummy, yeah. the mummy, they recovered his body somehow because his body was at the uh, the castle, even though he had been tossed off the roof. You know. But... <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. Uh, so yes. Yeah, so, well, that was. And then we see the big fin F-I-N across the screen and everybody clapped and cheered and loved it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, That was Santa Blue Demon versus the Monsters. Yes, directed by Mr. Gilberto Martinez Solares, who passed away sadly in 1997. But uh, he gave us some other uh, gems such as Santo in Mystery in Bermuda, El Investigador Capulina, Shannock versus the tiger and the vampire, Santo and Blue Demon in the World of the Dead, Blue Demon, Wailas Invasores, and La Casa del Terror from 1960. 
this little shout out to Mr. Gilberto there for directing this gym. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Props to you. Like that. Props to you, good sir, for almost putting the camera on the tripod and turning it on correctly. <laughs> yeah, good job, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So as far yeah. as a Halloween-based film, not that this it was about Halloween, but a you know, people in masks as well as monsters. How would you rate this film, uh, sir? Uh, you know, on a Halloween scale, I guess, and then you can rate it in 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 the real world. So we're going two ratings, I think, on this episode for a Halloween fun-filled, you know, extravaganza to sit back, watch, and eat your Halloween candy. Would you recommend this film? No, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend anything we've ever watched in this this podcast. I would not recommend. I mean, I like humanity. Jesus asked me to love my my neighbor, not to curse them with watching this nonsense and and making that them suffer. True. I mean, I, I'm supposed to care about other people. I I would never recommend these movies, but. It, <laughs> The reality, the reality is, is, is that this was one of the more fun movies that we have watched for this podcast. You know, we, we, yeah. we've done movies that were just horrible. We've done movies that were just kind of strange. We've done movies that made so little sense that I, you know, gave myself brain cancer trying to figure it out. And, you know, but this was, I knew what this was, uh, you know, Pat had shown me a lot of these Mexican wrestler movies when I was younger. We were in high school, right out of high school. This was one of those main things that he liked to watch. So I was, you know, seeing a lot of these things. And, uh, you know, as, as he alluded to, I don't know if it was on this take or the last take. Yeah, we actually did do uh, a Mexican wrestler movie sort of thing. Um, uh, a home movie, a, an homage, a tribute, if you will, to the Mexican wrestlers. Uh, and the movies we did that our, ourselves in the early '90s, and that is uh, uh, sadly lost to time uh, and, and not available, <laughs> and, and uh, 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 gone forever, and certainly not available on uh, Kakaida Libre's page, uh, which which documents much of my mistakes as a youth, and and I, I find it hard to believe that I did all this stuff and I was totally sober my whole life. Ugh. Right. So yeah. So definitely, definitely, do not go to YouTube and look up Kakaida Libre's page because you will not find anything there. Right. Uh, that that, yeah. that looked anything like this. And so, yeah, uh, <laughs> knowing what this was, okay, I have to say this was a fun movie. It was not a good yeah. movie. Um, no. But, but other than other than the you know wrestling scenes, other than the wrestling matches. It was it was slightly entertaining, you know, for what it was. Um, the vampire cracks me up. I, I for some reason just the vampire and his little jumpy thing and his little screechy as he falls on people just cracked me up every time. Um, yeah, that was that was one of the more fun elements of the film. I'll give you that. Yes, and, um, and just to know you know to know what you go getting into. It, it's a lot less uh, anger inducing. Than, than say you know being blindsided by something called baby, um, uh, yeah. Well, I think yeah. episode two of season two 
uh, Peyton Green Peppers. Please look that up, download it, and everything. But uh, yeah, uh, I would I would recommend if you just have absolutely no no uh, uh, reason to live and you wanted to just spend your last hours kind of reminding yourself why you wanted to die. Sure, watch this movie um, and uh, you know, <laughs> eat it, put yourself into a sugar coma. You, you know, watch this if you're diabetic and eat lots of candy. If you want to go ahead and take yourself out, this is a good way to go. Sure. If that's not what you're wanting from me, I don't. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to get out of you. Honesty. <laughs> yes, that's what this podcast is built on. Honesty. Yes, yes. Oh, my. Quick note, this film we watched, I'm assuming we both watched the same version on you. Well, I sent you the link, yeah. The color version yeah. on YouTube. Now, I actually have a DVD copy that I had ordered a few years ago that is in black and white. There are two prints of this film floating around, a color and a black and white print. And even though most of these luchador films that are in color have that very vibrant color, much like, you know, like the Batman TV series, the very comic booky blues and reds and things, this movie really failed in that area. So if I were going to recommend a version of this to watch, I think I would say go with the black and white version because I think the day and night scenes probably would work better in a black and white version. I'm going to go with, no, you need the color version because in the black and white, I really doubt you can tell that the ghouls are the green that they are and that the green varies from scene to scene and that by the end of the movie, they are just sort of, uh, they just look like they had some bad sushi. They're not even like really green. They're sort of peaked. (laughs) And uh, you really kind of need to have that. Yeah, you know what? That's true. Stick with the color one. I'm, I'm all for color, you know. Although many of the earlier films are very atmospheric, uh, like Samson in the Wax Museum, Samson versus the Vampire Women, um, uh, very atmospheric black and white films. Um, well, one of the main reasons I wanted to bring, I wanted to watch one of these things for uh, the Halloween episode is I did remember and and remind me uh, which one this was. But there was an episode, a movie that we watched, and there was a scene where they had uh, the bad guy had tied up someone and was walking away and turned around and was the, the purpose of the scene was to slap this guy in the face, oh, yeah. you know, but it, it, but it wasn't like he actually did a backhand and slapped this guy or even did a, you know, give him, you know, the, the slap across the face and insult the, the movie showed where the bad guy took and whipped his hand back and forth like a fish in front of the guy's face, and the guy started shaking his head uh, uncontrollably as if he were being slapped. What movie was that? Because I was thinking that may have been this movie. Well, I will give you both titles of that film. The Spanish title is Santo, of course, in El Museo del Terror. The uh, English uh, dubbed K. Gordon Murray version uh, was retitled as Samson in the Wax Museum. You know, I, I will say that if you can isolate that part of the of the movie uh, and find that on YouTube or a GIF of it or something, then yeah, that was that is absolutely worth watching. The, it is the craziness of someone whipping his hand like a dead fish fifteen inches away from another man's head, and the guy reacting like he's being slapped silly. His <laughs> <laughs> it is really bad. So bad it's good. You're right. <laughs> Uh, and and that is one of the reasons that i I actually kind of wanted to watch one of these movies because i did have a good association with that particular scene uh 
and, That's and I will say this was was one of the more enjoyable movies we have watched. It was certainly better than any of the Bronx movies, and and uh, heads and shoulders above the uh, other Swamp. I, I you know I don't know if this counts as a Swamp Monster movie since we had the El Cyclope uh, in the swamp, <laughs> but it certainly was better than that. So, oh, I don't, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Oh. I listened to that one the other. I listened to that one last week for absolutely no reason. I don't know why I do that to myself, but yes, it was better than Zat. Oh, Zat, <laughs> my guilty pleasure. I like that one. But you know, each his own. I'm glad you liked this film, though. I think it's fair to say you liked it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't hate it with the with the intense hatred of a thousand burning suns. No, yeah. but uh, so we're making progress. Yes, we're making progress. Sure, we'll see. We'll see what kind of you know, terrible nonsense you bring up for me next month in celebration of Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, not, not to uh, give a spoiler alert, but we do have a uh, Jesus-related film in the uh, pipe for uh, Christmas. And yes. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually uh, trepidatiously looking forward to how horrible this movie is going to be. And I'm looking forward to that one. But I am going to be very... I'm, I'm looking forward to being surprised for the Thanksgiving uh, oh yes, because apparently we're doing this about once a month, uh, and that and that works out well. You know, I, I I would like to do it more, but uh, life is life, and you know when we can slow down and get things more uh, normalized, maybe we can pick it up, pick up the pace. But I think about once a month is a a good pace for us right now. Well, I think so because eventually I'd like to do one for you know Veterans Day, Arbor Day, all those famous themed holidays. You know, we can well, yeah, you know, yeah, you have to have an Arbor Day. And well, it sure. better not be it. It's Arbor Day, Charlie Brown. I mean, I, oh, I can't say anything bad. bad about that. So. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, we can't do anything with Charlie Brown. That's that's gold. That's a cultural gold. I think is what Sac- sacrosanct. I think is the term you're looking for. I like so. it. Yeah, that works for All me. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I think we need to wrap this up and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I was, in fact, uh, pleasantly, I wouldn't say surprised. I, I actually enjoyed watching this movie much more than I have enjoyed watching any of the other movies. Not that I would say this was a good movie by any stretch of the imagination. And I still uh, maintain that we need to, you need to avoid anything that we watch at all costs. Uh, simply because it's not worth it. But that, <laughs> that being said... Uh, uh, I am Shane Aiden, and uh, this is my buddy once more is Mr. Patrick Heights. And uh, we are wishing you all to guys to stay safe uh, during this yes. uh, pandemic. Uh, please be careful. Uh, hope that you are all doing well, that uh, we haven't lost jobs, that you guys are doing uh, as best you possibly can in the circumstances. And um, we just uh, once more... Thanks for listening and uh, keep your produce fresh, kids. Yes.